0: Two R One podcast, where we study the Bible together as a married couple. My name's Taylor. I'm Elisa. And this is our first video podcast, so expect some technical difficulties uh, tonight. Some awkwardness. It is. <laughs> tonight we're going to be today we're going to be discussing. Um, Wondering is the title of the message. Uh, we'll get into that. It's kind of a double meaning. Then we'll speak with uh, Pastor uh, Daryl McCann from Alaphaia Baptist in Alaphaia. So um, we're looking forward to that. Uh, We hope you guys enjoy it. And again, expect some difficulties. (laughs) All
1: right. All right.
0: This is a first, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So we are quarantined at home again. We're in our Mm -hmm. dining
1: room. I'm usually behind the camera, so this is a little awkward.
0: Yeah, it is. It's definitely different.
1: But this is how we stay connected in social isolation, I suppose. That's right.
0: So we're going to be, Lisa's going to be kind of leading us with something that she was sent in a text message and then God has kind of expanded on. Um, And then we're... We're going to just be a couple places, right?
1: Yeah, we may go all over the place today.
0: And then we're going to go and speak with uh, Pastor Mm Daryl. So, Elisa, where are we going to be?
1: Um, Well, it's actually been circulated among social media a lot, so I imagine a lot of you have seen and heard about the connection between COVID-19, and that is Mm C-O-V-I-D, sure everybody is aware of that and we often abbreviate corinthians with co um so someone god spoke to someone I, I i really need to find out who to give credit for this but um it has been shared on social media that they started searching out the scriptures in corinthians and they ended up in second corinthians chapter one verse nine it's the night and so we're going to start there, but God has really taken me all over the place with this. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So you want to read? Just You're just reading verse 9 here?
1: Um. Yeah. Let's just start there. Um, okay. I'll start in 8 and t- kind of give it some context and read it through the end of that little section there. So 2 Corinthians, starting in verse 8, really tune in on verse 9. But it says, You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many.
0: Amen. Let me to pray for us, Please. Lord. Thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for the internet, Lord, because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the internet, uh, we wouldn't be able to do this. We wouldn't be able to do many things, Father. And I just praise you and thank you that um, that you've allowed us to use something as big and crazy and amazing as the internet, Father, for evangelism, for mm-hmm. for spreading your truth, Father. That you help uh, help us minister to each other in this time of separation. But, Father, as a good friend of mine, Riley O'Berry, says, you often bring order through separation, uh, through the creation story and throughout your word. And, Lord, I know that you are uh, bringing order, certainly desiring to bring order uh, to your creation, to your people, to the world through this separation in some weird, crazy way that we don't yet understand and we may until we get there but I thank you for it either way father because you are working on that and we don't have to figure it out lord we just have to trust you and I pray that you'd guide us tonight speak to us through your word bring us revelation father and draw to you uh, in Jesus name amen amen
1: I'm, I'm nervous
0: I know it's weird we got <laughs>
2: lights and...
1: <laughs> well I mean I can't sit still <laughs> well,
0: that's okay you don't have to all right you go right ahead look I'm gonna switch cameras watch this you ready oh hold on hold on <laughs> look at there
1: <laughs> Let me sit up straight. My mom would be. Yeah, she okay.
0: probably is thinking that
1: yeah, right now. She's like, yep, yeah. yeah, straight. Wherever she is. Posture. All right. So, what do you think, first of all? Let's just, just verse nine says, Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was. This is, this is yeah. I can't really see that. Yeah. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead.
0: Well, before I even get into that, I. This kind of taking COVID-19 and applying it to scripture numbers in the Bible, I think that's awesome. And I've seen that before. Again, a good friend of mine, Riley O'Berry, um, is real big into that. Um, And the reason why is because the Jewish culture and the Hebrew language is based on a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Numbers have significant meaning, uh, multiple meanings, and that's another story for another day. Hopefully we can have him on the podcast at some point. So what has been done here, taking um, COVID-19 and applying it to Scripture numbers in the Bible, is not something new, and it's not something um It's that not is, stretching. Yeah, it's not stretching, it's not. And, it's, and it's certainly it's applicable. That. So I think that's awesome. So I, I, when you first read that, it was awesome, mm-hmm. because I feel like it really, really does apply to where we're at. So
1: and it gives us some hope because I I know a lot of people right now are struggling. There's people who struggle with anxiety anyways. And so now it's everywhere and I mean this is it's scary. And I think a lot of people are struggling with that, but we have to remind ourselves as Christians, as believers that you know, God is in control and he wants us to rely on him, not on what the latest reports are, not on the CDC. And I'm very thankful for them. And I think they're they're doing a great work and we are dependent on them in many ways. But ultimately, our focus needs to be on what God is doing.
0: And, and I think what takes this situation that we're in uh, with, with COVID-19 to a whole new level and what makes this scripture be to a whole new level is that, everyone in the world with the exception of a few is talking about this exact thing Mm -hmm. right now. Um, Never certainly in our lifetimes has there been something that is this just covers the entire globe. Mm -hmm. And so now God's scripture is speaking to me personally, to us as a family, to us as a town, to us as a state, to us as a nation and to a world. And we're all wondering the same thoughts and we're all wondering What's going to happen what the future looks like and how dangerous and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden there is a unity that has swept the earth, a unity of uncertainty mm-hmm. in a way. And so these scriptures are that much more powerful because we know they're not just speaking to me personally, which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. But to the whole world is, is yearning for an answer. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... These answers that God has come to us as, as a world, as a people, as a whole, is crazy. It's absolutely wild.
1: Yeah, and, and the answer is, it's right here. Read,
0: it, that, was, read that verse 9 again. Please.
1: Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, and we know our feelings can get us mm-hmm. into trouble. We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but... I love the butt here, mm-hmm. you know, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So everybody always asks the question when anything bad happens, why does God allow bad things to happen?
0: Let me fix this for you right here. Hold <laughs> on. Your mom would be so proud. <laughs> thank I just you, did thank that. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yes. This is my coronavirus look. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Um, so he, I mean, he's telling us why he's allowed this to happen. And I think there's no mistake in that. I don't think I'm... I agree. I mean, that's what He wants us to do in any situation. But why did He allow this to happen right now? He wants us to rely on Him.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. People ask, what is the will of God? And and we often complicate it. Mm -hmm. But the will of God in all things always is that we would draw closer to Him. Mm -hmm. Um, So... That is certainly one large part of what's happening. There's, there, there doesn't have to be confusion about it. You know, I was talking with a close friend of ours, um, and he's very, very in tune with God, and he's very, very strong in the Word. And I asked him what he thought about it, and he said, "You know, I, I just, I don't really know enough to to say." And I was thinking, "Man, come on, you, you, you are know. <laughs> underestimating yourself," and certainly we know that the the, the will of God in this at a minimum is that we draw closer to him Mm -hmm. and that he, in all things, God wants to be glorified and he's showing forth his glory in his his preeminence and his foreknowledge and his power and his ability to press pause on everything. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely his will. But he does all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons all the time. So... There's specifics we won't know till we get to heaven, but. Mm -hmm.
1: So I I kept searching, though. And we know it's to rely on Him. Um, But I think there's more specifically for the church in this, too. And so continuing on with, uh, I'm a little disappointed it didn't come to me before I saw that post to look up Corinthians (laughs) (laughs) 1-9. But I'm so glad that that was shared with me. And then I did keep searching that out, and I checked out 1 Corinthians, and I thought, okay, well, what's there? And again in chapter 1, but this time verse 19.
0: Okay, let me go there.
1: It's just amazing. And it's related to the last verse we just read in 2 Corinthians. And again, I'm going to give it some context. So I'm going to start in 18.
0: Okay. So 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse
1: 18.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
1: All right. So 18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. And here's verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And it just goes on and goes on about. Mm. (laughs) We think Emily said something, our eight-year-old said something, when all this started, actually. (laughs) Taylor, the the day that they said that we were going to be out of school two weeks, And after the kids got, got with us after school that day, Taylor asked Annalise, what do you think about all this? What do you think God is trying to say through all this? And her reply, her eight year old sincere reply was, well, you know, daddy, I just think that, that people have more faith in knowledge than they do in God. (laughs) I don't know if she's heard another teacher say that. I mean, she's got some amazing teachers in her life, but, um. I mean, it has stuck with me since then. Like, we are, we are searching really hard for answers, and I, and I think God is going to give it to us. I think he's going to show the doctors as a cure, or vaccine at some point. But meanwhile, he wants us, again, to rely on him and trust in his wisdom and not just the wisdom of the world.
0: Yeah. I recently am amazed when I read in-depth um, Articles that are like trade-related, like whether you want to look at um, economics, macro or micro, whether you want to look at uh, real estate, um, complex math—you read it and your brain reaches a point where you're like, you just can't understand it anymore. And and then I'm like, man, but there are people that understand this. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, there are people that not only understand it but who came up with it or who. I guess it was revealed to or whatever. And for all of our complexities, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast, I say this a lot, we put a man on the moon in 1969. That was a long time ago. And so our knowledge has just increased. And the the Bible does say that in the last days, knowledge will increase. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that you can look at and point to and say, well, we're nearing the end because... The Internet gives us the ability to know all things and learn all things if we so desire. Mm-hmm. So knowledge is increasing, but even the most complex subject matter you could ever imagine, the most Albert Einstein and clear and, and fission and fusion and splitting an atom and, 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 and a theory of relativity that just blows our minds, in comparison to the wisdom of God, Mm -hmm. and yet his wisdom is beyond and above Albert Einstein, but yet a child can get it, Mm -hmm. and a child got it and spoke that, and it just is absolutely amazing, and yet men seemingly run from the knowledge and the wisdom of God,
1: because mm-hmm. it's so backwards sometimes, and that is not to say. I think it's
0: because it's so simple.
1: W- maybe so.
0: It's like we we as a people are like we can't. It can't be wise. It can't be because it's so simple.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that. You know, I think a lot of people take it too far the other extreme and say that, you know, intellect doesn't go with faith. You know, you don't have to be you don't have to not be smart to have faith or right. to believe in God. And a lot of people take Which it that is the atheist
0: way. argument many yeah. times.
1: I mean, science and God actually work together a lot right. of times. So, you know, that's not to say that you you can't take your intellectual knowledge and it and it have a partnership. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but in times like these it is more important to to seek him out, to seek his wisdom in this. And I don't I think he's just I don't think we're going to come out of this until he gets our attention with it. Yeah. You know, that's and I I don't know if we should be praying that we come out of it until God's voice is heard in this.
0: Yeah, and, and I've talked about that with a few people. To pray for the coronavirus to end it could be praying against the will of God.
1: Yeah, that's— It that's, could be. And we don't know that for sure, and we certainly wouldn't um, <laughs> claim that we do know that that's the answer, but that is a possibility that we should be searching out.
0: Yeah, because the arrogance of man, it, it just— rebe- against the knowledge of God. and
1: We know that it's not God's will that any man should perish. So I don't want to come across as insensitive saying, I mean, this is costing people their lives. Right,
0: but the word perish in the sense that right. you just mentioned is talking about eternal, mm-hmm. eternal death. It's not talking about death in the natural. Right. And certainly God doesn't want people to die. But if... God's ultimate goal is to to secure eternal life for, for a person. And if near death or crazy, scary, hard things come in our lives, in order to turn our attention upward to Him, that in God's eyes, who works in eternity, not mm-hmm. in the finite, in, mm-hmm. in the time, small timeline we have, that is a greater... Gain for God to gain the soul. Jesus said, "What profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It would be better to lose this world and gain your soul." And that is the way God looks at it. That seems harsh. That seems bad. But that is that is tr- the truth. That's the truth of the Word of God. And when we get to heaven, we'll see. Oh wow, wow! This is better. You know, <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not belittling anyone who has lost their life to this. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that. First of all, there are some things worse than death, mm-hmm. and if you've lived long enough, and I'm thirty-six, soon be thirty-six years old, you know I've watched my family, I've watched my parent, my dad uh, suffer in his last days, and I, my prayer in, in his in his waning days were, God be merciful on him, and, and if it's your desire, I, I want you to go ahead and take him on, mm-hmm. and uh, so I don't mean to be trite when I say what what I said, but that's the first thing is that there's some things worse than death. And second of all, there should be a yearning and a desire and a longing in us to go and be with God where all things will be made right, where there will not be fear of disease or pestilence any longer, where there will not be suffering and uncertainty and poverty. Um, And so there are are a lot of things as a believer that we should look forward to, to some degree, in death. Um, But that's the way I see it. I know that that's offensive to many people, but that's the way that I see it. And I want to be... Ready, I don't want to fear death uh, because mm-hmm. uh, God doesn't want me to fear death. If we fear death, it paralyzes us and we don't do the will of God while we're alive. And if mm-hmm. you look at Scripture and Paul, he didn't fear death. If he had feared death, he wouldn't have been used by God like he was.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of the fear going on right now is is beyond death. I think some people are fearing that, but um, this is just stripped away our normalcy, mm-hmm. and the fear is mostly about the economy and mostly about our livelihood our jobs what we depend on i know i'm I'm, i miss my job i miss working um
0: and those are legitimate right fears i'm uh, certainly not belittling those
1: no but again I mean, I've heard a lot of um, messages on this lately, and a lot of them go back to, you know, be not anxious for tomorrow. You know, God's going to take care of the birds. He's going to take care of us. And that's easier said than done. I know f- we're still fortunate, and we're, we haven't. Our paychecks has not been affected yet. Um, so it's easy to say in our position right now not to worry. <laughs> but
0: Well, just because we speak don't worry doesn't mean we don't have worry knocking at our door right, right. Um, but it, part of being a Christian is speaking life mm-hmm. in the face of the fear we know that the truth of God tells mm-hmm. us not to worry so therefore we speak to for our own ears and for your ears and for the ears of our children those around us to not worry so that, you know, faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God. As we hear the Word of God spoken, worry not, you know. Look at the, the lilies. They worry not, and God will raise them in such amazing colors. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, God tells us continually, fear not, worry not. And so it's, a, it's the human condition to worry. Mm-hmm. But when we're speaking, don't worry. We're not saying it like we've got it figured out. We're saying it in hopes that we can grab onto a larger piece of that mm-hmm. truth, you know, and we need yeah. that.
1: I heard, um, I heard a message from David Platt, and he was preaching on that about the birds and how he, the birds don't worry about where their next meal is going to come from because um, they, know. they know where it's going to come from. And he said, just watch them. <laughs> just go outside and watch the birds. They have no worry about it. They're not, and they're not checking in on CNN or Fox News. They have no worry about this coronavirus and what what is going to be done to them because they know who's going to be.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: even the birds know.
0: Yeah, and they have so much such a more peaceful life because they don't worry. <laughs> um, I want to just close out this first section with these verses where God says that He will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Mm-hmm. And. Um,
1: yeah, that was the the specific verse 19, and it is it is quoting earlier scripture that I want to bring up too so if you look at the question is if you're looking at 2nd Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 and it's saying you know basically we're, we're scared of death but but God is allowing this so that we rely on him and then you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19 and he says I'm going to destroy the wisdom essentially of the world so you rely on the wisdom of God what is the wisdom of God? Is the question. What does that look like?
0: Well, you want me to take a crack at it? Sure. Of I mean, you it. go. No, you go ahead. I'm good. Whatever.
1: <laughs> no, I, I felt I didn't know if you're asking that as the audience. No, to I like, have no idea. I mean, I think it's um, it's not one simple answer. The wisdom of God, and what is it?
0: What I think of when you say that, and what comes to my mind is. Um, you know, Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father. If you want to know what God looks like, if you want to know what God sounds like, what God desires, what God wants, how He walks, how He talks, how He lives, how He sleeps in the back of the boat on a pillow, Jesus is the express image of God. And so the wisdom of God is found in... The scriptures, the wisdom of God is found in the way that Jesus lived life. Um, you know, Jesus said that the entire Old Testament is summed up in these two commandments, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The wisdom of God is found in those two verses. Um, the psalmist, I believe it was Psalm, no, the Proverbs, I think, says uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You were going to mention that?
1: Well. Yeah, that that was part of it.
0: And we had that discussion with my mom this morning during our um, FaceTime Bible study. Mm -hmm. Um, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear, when it's talking about holy fear, is different than worldly fear, like like the the world is fearing this virus. Um, Fear has to do with—worldly fear has to do with torment, anguish. But holy fear, godly fear, brings comfort and security. Mm -hmm. There's the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're both— they're both wide-eyed looks at something you can't control. But one of them's like, oh, but God's got it. And the other one's like, "The destruction is, is imminent and destruction is coming. So to me, that is that is wisdom.
1: Yeah, it's almost just we know we're not in control, but yet we operate thinking that we are. Yeah. And so it's relinquishing that control. That's,
0: that is really what it all comes down to. That's what man has the, yeah. such a hard time yeah. with.
1: It's looking at the reality of the scariness of the situation in front of us and not worrying. That's wisdom of God. I feel like mm-hmm. you know, if you can say, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know where my next meal is coming from, but I know I'll be okay." That sounds crazy.
0: That is our goal as Christians <laughs> to get to that point. Yeah. I don't think many people in America have really ever had that reality Mm -hmm. and I hope that like you say God getting our attention I hope it doesn't have to come to that point I hope that people uh, hear what God is saying through this trial Mm -hmm. before he is forced to get that real with it
1: so if that's his message, that he's going to destroy the wisdom of the wise and to destroy the wisdom of this world that we have become so dependent on rather than him, it is really interesting if you look back at Isaiah, which is where 1 Corinthians 119 was quoted from. And that is what Paul is saying. And to give it a little context, Paul is telling the church of Corinth, you know, that God said it, it was written that he will destroy the wisdom of the wise he's telling them that because they're having divisions among the church and no, yeah.
0: no that doesn't and happen. some
1: people prefer the teachings of Paul and some prefer the teachings of Peter and some of Apollo and some of this and it's all about who is wiser Right. Essentially. yeah,
0: that, yeah. We're, we've come so far from that <laughs> and in so he's
1: speaking I think that, you know this coronavirus is a message to the world like hey I'm real <laughs> Like your worldly ways is not going to do it. You got to trust in me. But he's also got a message. I think no matter how God speaks, he's speaking globally. He's speaking personally, and he's speaking to the church, to the mm-hmm. body. I mean, that's ultimately his bride. Everything he is doing goes back to his bride. Mm-hmm. And so, when you look at it in context like that, and he's trying to tell the church of Corinth, you know, just you got to forget wh- who is saying what focus on what I'm saying and don't worry about being a follower of Paul or a follower of Peter you got to be a follower of Jesus and then so this is quoted scripture from Isaiah 29 yeah 29 I think 19 no 14 and you almost have to give this a lot of more more context too so I'm going to start in 13 and just read for a few verses are you there? Are you just gonna listen? I'm just, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So Isaiah twenty nine thirteen says, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people, with wonder upon wonder, and the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the discernment of their discerning men shall be hidden. You know, I mean, here they are. Basically, the people at this time were just giving God a bunch of service. Yeah. And so God is telling them. He's warning them. And if you read that whole chapter in context, it's pretty crazy. It is a warning mm-hmm. for His, for Israel, for his people, for his church. And I think we're getting a warning as I, I a church. I completely
0: agree. And... <laughs> I hope there's no confusion on that. I re- you would think that there could be unity from Christian believers that this yeah. is certainly God's warning. I think
1: too many believers, and I've been guilty of this. I'm not calling anybody out without pulling myself into that category. But, you know, when God does something amazing like this, we're, th- we're trying to tell the world to wake up when we forget to wake up ourselves. Mm. You know, like what if he's just talking to the church? Mm-hmm. What if he's not just talking to the world? I mean, again, I think it's both, but this is not—we yeah, are not immune. Judgment's just because we are believers, we are not immune from from judgment. Yeah, or and, from, and
0: judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Right. You know, we, we how can we tell someone else to take the speck out of their eye if we've got a beam mm-hmm. in our eye? Um, but what— it, the number—and I talked about this, and I'm going to get into this with Pastor Darrell here in just a minute. We're about to transition. I think probably the two greatest sins of the Western church, um, one is materialism, probably, and two is our biblical illiteracy. Yes. Um, and the fact that most of us own a copy of the Bible, but most of us don't know what it says, I think that the fault of that lays— uh, half and half, half on um, Christian leadership and half on the congregation because you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, well, God, I, I didn't know and I didn't read my Bible and I, no one ever told me. And God's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that's going to hold up. But then again, I don't think that it's it's pushed and said enough from, from the pulpit or from teachers and Christian leaders that, that Christian people need to be responsible for what God has said in his word. Um, and it's a never-ending journey. It's not that we have to compete and impress, it's just that we we need to be able to hear God's voice and God speaks primarily through His Word.
1: Mm. The loudest. The
0: loudest through His mm. Word. So we are Absolutely. going to transition. I,
1: I do encourage you to go read verse, I mean, chapter 29, the whole chapter. Isaiah? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's it is a warning,
0: and for those the people. and um, the book of Jeremiah is is, a, is a, a very similar in warnings for mm-hmm. God's people and the nation and that God's ends people with, are living in. It
1: ends with hope. It ends with um, reconciliation, and that's you know as believers we have that promise, and that's where everything is aimed at. God's not doing this just for suffering he's doing he's allowing this so that we will be brought back to him absolutely chasing us down
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. so we're going to transition to um pastor uh daryl mccann from lapahal baptist so when we come back he will be with us so we'll see you guys after the break guys so uh, we have Pastor Darrell uh, McCann from La Paul Baptist coming up Um, We originally recorded him and the microphones. I forgot to turn them back on. I told you to expect technical problems. I didn't even know. So we didn't miss much except for my introduction of him, him saying thank you. And then he said, I asked him the first question, which I'm going to say that right now. The first question that I asked him that was missed, my asking of the question was, um, Take a, Tell us how you see the past, present, and future of the lowercase c church, meaning the local body of fellowship. Uh, Pastor Darrell began answering the question and talked about the book of Acts, and then that's where we pick up when I realized that my microphones so had been where muted. Where is
1: this going to be?
0: Uh, we're going to drop this in uh, right after the transition break and right before Brother Darrell starts so speaking.
1: This will actually be before you messed up? Right. Okay. Yeah, technology. I'm so glad he understands all this.
0: So uh, <laughs> I knew there'd be something. But anyway, the good news is I, I, I figured it out so before he... So we're
1: coming to you now from the future.
0: Yes, and we're going to put, it, gonna it, in put it in the past. We're going to
1: put it
0: in the past. Right. Put your past in the past. Don't look back. Don't back. That's, is that the title? <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, apologies, brother Daryl. Again, technical problems, but we got 95% of the conversation. Yes. So um, here we
2: are. I think we've lost a lot of the power. Uh, I think we've um, we've forgotten uh, the power, uh, how life-changing the gospel really is. Um, I think it uh, it goes all the way back to um, even in Revelations when. Uh, when he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and um, you know what we know about Ephesus in Acts around the 19th chapter, was um, it talks about it in such a way that it, it was a um, it was basically the center of gospel influence, um, and and you fast forward, you go to Revelations, and 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 he's saying to repent because they basically they lost their first love uh, and their first love was the advancement of the kingdom they're doing everything else right doing the things the church is supposed to do uh, even from a discipline standpoint um and then but they'd lost the love of the advancement of the kingdom so so you fast forward to today's church we're so caught up in uh, in programs. We're so caught up in our, uh, our own agendas and, and what we think makes the appropriate or makes a powerful church. Um, and we've really gotten away from what the Bible uh, teaches us, the, the full design of God for what the church is supposed to look like. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's, um, it's all that way. Uh, obviously, there's churches, uh, there's men of God, there's great leaders and elders that uh, that are doing wonderful things, being led by the Spirit and, and, and following the Word of God. Um, but for the most part, uh, the, the present-day um, Little City Church um, in, in these different corners of the field um, has become, um, I guess, more man-centered uh, than anything else. Uh, it's, uh, we've gotten so far away from what church is supposed to be like, you know, over in, in, in John, when the disciples are talking to Jesus about the um, about the signs, um, because they're expecting He's going to come back. You know, He's telling them He's about to go, uh, but He's going to send them the Comforter, and, and um, they're expecting that you know He's going to come back during during their life, and they're saying, what, what's this going to look like? What are the what are the times? Um, you know, what are signs? Um, and he starts going through some different things that's actually where Matthew, not Jones actually over Matthew starts. Um, He he starts going over some different things pertaining to deception and and, uh, wars and rumors of of wars and um, nation against nation, kingdoms against kingdoms, all these things. And he says that's just kind of the beginning of the labor pains. Then he talks about persecution again, uh, and he talks about them being killed and the hatred. But then he says in the midst of that, um, he talks about um, this falling away where brother will betray brother and uh, so on and, and so forth. And, you know, I believe the church has been, we've been in this great fall away for years now, probably 50, 60, maybe, maybe more, um, where, uh, where we have fallen away from, um, from what church is, um, from what church is supposed to be, um, and, and. Um, you know, the Bible speaks of uh, over in, in Timothy, I believe, is, speaks of um, this form of godliness. Uh, as, as Paul has shared some things with Timothy and, and getting him ready as a young minister, and, uh, he says, "You know, people will have a, a form of godliness; they'll deny the power of it. In other words, you um, you don't see any of this spiritual spiritual power." in these churches. They, they can have programs going on, they can have um, uh, attendees, the um, church is full, um, but no real uh, earth-shaking spiritual uh, power from the Holy Spirit of God. Um, and I believe our Western churches uh, here, I, I believe um, that we've gotten so far away from the biblical design of church but that's kind of the that's kind of the state uh, that we're in um, mm-hmm. you know Paul shares with Timothy and and uh, that in second Timothy about the fourth chapter uh, he says there's going to come a time where they won't they won't even endure sound teaching Mm-hmm. They're going to want to accumulate for themselves um, these teachers that will suit their own passions, um, and, and they will not listen to the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that's where we're at, and, and I, I say that because uh, I've, uh, I've had the opportunity to, to pastor um, a couple different churches, and um, you know, there's um, there's times where you uh, where you go into a setting. Um, or even in a, a teaching setting um, whether it be in a conference or a youth gathering or whatever and, and when you drop the truth the gospel truth mm-hmm. um, it's it's almost it, it seems to be extreme
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's been
2: taught a certain way for so long we live in, in a time where um, you just repeat a prayer right. and you know, mm-hmm. do how you want to live and and he's going to look at you one day and say, "Well done, my good and faithful, and welcome me right in." The problem with that, the Bible doesn't say that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we, I think um, I think the devil has rocked the church to sleep. Um, I think we've used uh, a, an appearance of godliness in, in many different avenues, whether it be programs or what have you. Um, but I, I, I believe uh, the church. Um, And its actions and and its lack is definitely denying
0: its power. And, you know, a a verse came to my mind when you were talking about that. Um, And I was thinking about this earlier as we were getting ready for this interview today. You know, Jesus said, and and I'm familiar with things that are said. I'm not so much as familiar with where and, and what chapter and verse. But Jesus said in one of the Gospels, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. So then if we take that verse and we think to ourselves, okay, we lift Jesus up, that will mean our churches will grow. That will mean that uh, people will come and be drawn unto him. Our numbers will increase. But I don't necessarily know that that's true, Uh, and when you really look at that verse, um, while it can be applied in that way, is more of a prophecy verse, uh, prophesying the death that he would die, that he would be raised up on a cross, and that um, his gospel message would be preached to the whole world. So I guess my, I'm saying all that to get around to this. Should our measurement be uh, numbers in terms of whether what type of church we are based on the letters that... that Jesus wrote in uh, the book of Revelation you know the first couple chapters I mean do we measure our church's um, amount of life in the church based on numbers when you look at, at that verse like Jesus said or how do you see that Daryl
2: be honest with you, yeah I totally agree That's, um, that is when uh, uh, he's talking about that prophecy uh, of him. Um, but from from a measuring Point. Unfortunately, we've we've come to a place where uh, we measure our minds, um, and what I mean is uh, we measure according to um, man's desire. We measure uh, um, we measure according to each other. Um, we we measure according to uh, how we feel and what makes what what makes sense to us outside of. Uh, of what is even spiritual or spiritual, um, we measure according to what what makes us happy. And, and the reason I say it that way is that we measure with compromise. Mm. Um, there's, you know, there's scriptures hard, um, and and even if we don't agree with some of it, even if we don't like some of it, and it's okay to say that. There's some scripture I wish this was different. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, mean, I wish it was different. Um, but that being said, I still choose to obey it because I, because um, every time we look at scripture and, and and do something else, we've said, "Okay, God, well, I appreciate your approach, but I, but I think we can do it a little better." And so that's kind of where we're at. We we compromise and a little bit of compromise. Um, goes a long way and then and, and now we've compromised a little more and, and now we've compromised a little more and our measuring stick has become each other and it's become other yep. it's become how everybody else is doing it as opposed to the word of truth the absolute truth um, and unfortunately uh, the implications are eternal this is not just a this is not just well. I made a mistake here. I made a mistake there. I taught, um, I taught it wrong here. I taught it wrong here. There, there are things that, through the scripture, that that will interpret different ways. But, um, but the main and the word of truth, you don't misunderstand. It, it is what it is. And so, these have these have eternal implications. I think about Matthew, and I quote it all the time um, whenever I get an opportunity because I believe Matthew chapter um should be uh, should be a scary eye opener for um for God's people for for people who dabble with God or for people who um just don't put a whole lot in into it um but, you know he says there'll be many on that day who'll say Lord Lord uh, didn't we prophesy in your name Did, didn't we cast out devils in your name and didn't we do many wonderful works in your name uh, that's an impressive resume that's mm-hmm. uh, I've never cast out death. You know, I've prayed over my kids before, but I'm um It's pretty impressive, but he, uh, but at the end of the day, he says, depart from me, hmm. because it's all done in his name. There's no real, um, there's no real relationship there, and so um, we, it's a, um, it's a dangerous thing to
1: deceive
2: and to be deceived because the result is not oh my bad i I got i got the the end result has eternal implications on it's the difference in heaven and hell um and that's how powerful that's how real um the word of god is and and, um that matthew 7 is a is a reminder of uh kind of kind of where we are uh, when it comes as a church when it comes to especially denying the power um, because you can have all the programs you want. You can you can, uh, uh, you can have a, a lot of people coming to your church, and you can measure it by number, um, but uh, that's not the way God measures. That's not the design.
1: Mm. Amen. That's, it's, we heard uh, one of my friends, who is a, a preacher, um, he said recently, you know, a lot of people do believe in God, but the question is, do you just believe in God or do you believe God? Mm-hmm. You know, all that that he says in scripture that he wants to hear it seems like if we really believed him, we would do a little different.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I think we get caught up in the, uh, the easy believing. Because mm-hmm. that's because that just man, if it was that easy, right? I mean, if it was that easy, though, uh, everybody would be in heaven. <laughs> you right. know what? Uh, we get a little hung up on John three sixteen, yeah. It's the, um, but we, then we have to go to James and, and 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 because he says, okay, you you believe in one God, that's good. He said, but even the devils believe, yeah. yeah. um, and so uh, um, it, there there's more to it. Um, matter of fact, wrapped up in belief um, is this because if you believe. And believe in something, then you're identified by that thing that you believe. That's
0: right. Um, and so we're, we're to be identified as that. And Daryl, I want to transition to this subject. Um, this is something you're very passionate about uh, when we spoke a few days ago, and that is um, with the social distancing that we are in now, um, when We try and gel that with what Scripture has to say about um, the body, the local body. I know you have some thoughts and some concerns on that. I would like to kick that around a little bit. If you could take us kind of, take us where you were mentioning to me the other day about um, kind of, Ways that you guys, as your uh, local body, I, Paul Baptist, are trying to, to deal with that, and also um, how you see this playing out uh, with the coronavirus as it may stick around for a little while.
1: But, yeah, I've heard a lot of people question. You know, how do we not forsake the gathering and the assembly of ourselves? Yeah, you know? and that's yeah.
2: Yeah, you hear you know, you hear comments, um, you know, we're here in the South and it's, uh, you, you hear comments like, Oh, if you if you quit having church you ain't no faith and so on and so on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's,
1: yeah. you know,
2: it's kinda of silly. It gets a little silly. We are in a peculiar time. Um I believe it's a it's a time of revival for the church, and I also believe it's a um, it's a time where God is revealing the hearts of man. Um and, and sparks revival. Um, you know, if, if you could take a positive from this. This too shall pass. This will not um this will not last forever. And so in the midst of it, um we certainly wanna do what's right. Um we as a church we don't want to appear as rebels. Uh you know, I look at you know, there's still <laughs> you know
1: they're still meeting up care. There's a lap of. You gotta watch out for them. <laughs> yeah, and so um, we don't. We, we, we
2: can be sensitive to community and, um, and and make sure that we're not a approach and, and can uh, minister. And so uh, um, when we when we look at a, a situation like this, uh, we do get to we get we do get to rise to the top as as God's people. Um, there's there's different things that. Um, Uh, That we do. I I believe it's a a time where we grow closer to God, where we get to spend more time with God, where um, we even, if we're not careful, allow a little anxiety or a little fear to creep up when we become idle in these moments. Um, And so it's a time for us to really um, grow closer to God individually and and as a church uh, to stay connected. We've um, when something like this, something so peculiar that that prohibits um, actually being able to gather and come together as a church, uh, then you, you do have to um, you have to be creative. You, you have to rely uh, on the Holy Spirit and, and on God to open doors, uh, because you can't go into hiding. That's not who we are. so we're alive and the Bible says that we're, we're the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's a, that's a big responsibility. And so, you know, we're not supposed to go hoarding up toilet paper and <laughs> my soul and hand sanitizer, and, Um, you know, we're, if we're going to do that, it should be with the heart's intention of distributing, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to hoarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, we're not supposed to be a, a fearful people, but we are supposed to be a people uh, with common sense and, and with, with love in our heart for our neighbor. The Bible teaches us to esteem others higher than ourselves. And so in these times, we get an opportunity to grow closer to God. time with God to, to read more of God's Word um, and, and given the opportunity to be His hands and feet in our community, in our corner of the field, um, whenever we're asked to be within the realm of, of being safe. Um, but we also, um, we're gonna, uh, um, along with um, trying to do some YouTube, the lives, and, and, and that type of thing, um, we're doing a, a drive-in situation here where, um, where, as you know, the FM transmitter um, that that uh, you graciously loaned to us. And we're, we're doing a, a drive in situation um, here for that. And, and I'm, I'm trying to be careful. I do feel like if this thing lasts too long, um, I feel like the, the church has the potential. Um, to to look a little different when it's over. I think inevitably there's going to be, you know, and and the technology is great. Don't misunderstand. I know churches have live streamed their uh, services for a while, and and the intentions there are awesome for shut-ins, for people traveling, for, you know, different circumstances. Um, I do believe out of this, because of the uh, just the, the mass amount of, um, churches who are now having to do live stream, um, churches that would, would never have thought of it before to, do it or even care, are doing it now. And if we're not careful, um, uh, talk about some of that compromise we talked about. Mm-hmm. I, I think what could happen if, if we stay in too long um you know you, you you may you may have that group of people who really enjoyed um, <laughs> the comforts uh, of uh, live stream um and, and you know it, it may hinder them from uh, uh, from getting back into the church setting mm-hmm. uh, so that's uh, you know and then there's the people I'm just gonna say it and be honest uh, <laughs> there's that group of people that's um uh, that's more religious that just kind of go to church uh, because they're supposed to uh, but the new cats miss church two or three months it's going to be
1: hard to get them back <laughs> yeah it may be a way of God purging <laughs> yeah.
2: absolutely yeah. I, I'll, I'll that. that he's the, he's the great uh, sower um, and he's the great uh, uh, of the Mm -hmm. uh,
0: leader, if you will. Elisa mentioned in the last podcast that we did, um, in a way, she's excited that the church doors have closed because many times we've hidden behind them. Um, And this Mm -hmm. is God's way of getting us out to be the salt and the light, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I agree with you. I think that um, God built us for fellowship
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, we've talked about this on previous podcasts when Robbie Rowe came on we talked about uh, just the the power the proven psychological power behind a hug uh, there yep. is no there is no substitute for that God built mankind for fellowship because he's a guy he's a triune God he built himself inherently with fellowship it's crazy the mystery of the Trinity that we can never fully understand till we get there but we are built in his image and we're built for fellowship and we're also built um, to have a loving touch and, and a hug and um, so I definitely think that Fellowship and gathering together is super important. And and the latter part of that verse that Elisa mentioned, don't forsake the, uh, the gathering of yourselves together, as a matter of some is, as you see the day approaching. Well, certainly anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear can see that God is on the move. And um, we can understand it to be none other than God is certainly getting closer to coming back. And uh, Jesus is getting ready to come back, and we're certainly we're one day closer today than we were yesterday. But it is exciting to see God forcing our hand uh, yeah. as a local body because God will grow us whether we <laughs> go kicking and screaming or whether we, like you say, <laughs> obey the word and submit to his authority. Um, and could it be in recent? Years and and decades that we have not um, submitted like we should, and then we've left God with kind of this ultimate move. I don't know, but I do think that God does everything to move his people closer to him, Mm -hmm. and the church and the local body is, is not. But it's exciting. Just to be a part of God's movement is exciting. Mm -hmm. But you're in a peculiar situation, um, and all pastors are because of that. Mm -hmm. You know, for us lay members, that just, um, you know, it's a little easier for us to talk about it in passing. But you guys are our leaders. And so I understand it is certainly uncertain times. But just like when we talk with young people or anyone that they the gospel with or or young people that are struggling, and they're trying to figure out answers to questions. This sounds cliche, but it's amazing how clarity comes as we draw closer to God. In this situation with the future of the church, how we congregate, what do we do, this is no different. We don't need to fret, worry, and wonder what's going to be much as let's just press into God and then he will reveal and make things clear and and a year and a half from now we're gonna look back and be like wow that's how he did it you know and he'll just he'll bring the revelation he'll bring the clarity um but not to can't discuss ways it may happen and, and our concerns, and but those are to guard us from from getting out of the way with God. But I think that God will bring clarity. We just don't need to fall for the trap of trying harder and trying to come up with a solution in and of ourselves. And, and like you said, we need to listen to the Spirit in times like this. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. It makes me think of uh, makes me think of Peter um, and, and some of the things that. Um, that he did whether it's impulsively and, and you know you because you, you mentioned um, you know as a as a pastor uh, yeah there's um, and, and and the devil's on the move. There, there's, you know, yes, God, uh, God has allowed this. I, I believe, uh, I believe with all my heart, um, because of the rejection of God that we've got in our world. I mean, this is a global thing here. This yeah. is all. It's, I, I believe with all my heart um, that this is. Um, some form of, uh, whether you want to call it punishment or, you know, the thing we correction know God, mm-hmm. admonishment. Yeah, what, the thing we know about God is that, um, is that His warnings are they're they're as faithful um, as His promises are,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and and so one of, one of the things that's so that's so quoted here in times like these um is second chronicles seventh chapter fourteen parts right where my people were called and they mm-hmm. you know turn from their wicked ways and repent uh humble themselves you know and and, uh, and and it's true um here here's the way I look at it from a pastor standpoint and, and the things that the, the devil throws in us and from a leadership standpoint. Well here's the good news. If you go back to um to that scripture in Second Chronicles, if you back up to the sixth chapter, so Solomon's finished the temple, he's in the temple, um, and he's praying uh, praying to God um on behalf of, of God's people and and he uses language like if they do this and if they do that and, and, and he says when they do this and and, and it seems like when they go into battle, yet they sinned against you and, and they start getting whooped. obviously that's I'm paraphrasing that's not even a message. <laughs> uh, when they start getting beat, uh it's when they when they recognize their heart's condition and um and they and they come before you and Yet. He says, "Will you listen to him? God, listen to me." So, and so Solomon. Um, number one, he knows um, the the human side. Of God's people, He knows they're going to make mistakes. He knows um, what's about to come, and He's not asking God to, um, to 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 stop it. He's not asking God to not punish it because Solomon knows that God's warnings are are as faithful as His promises. Um, but but He's hinging that on His faithful promises. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. Here's what you're going to do, God, when they do this. But when they see it and they repent with a true heart. Um, then when you hear from heaven and, and make things right for people, um, and it's an it's an awesome thing throughout the, the old testament, whether it's Moses, all of your where you see where you see them praying for God's people, then you fast forward to us and here's where I get excited, um, because Yes, as a pastor, um, especially in times like these, you know the devil's wide open. You you know he's that roaring lion uh, trying to devour people, and and he uses circumstances like these to, to deceive. But here's where I get excited. I don't have a Solomon to pray for me. I'm, you know, we get messages all the time. Hey, pray for us here. Pray for this. Um, you know, I don't have a Moses that's praying for me. I have better than that. Uh, I have Jesus who's mm-hmm. praying uh, on, on my mm, behalf. Good. I think of Peter um, over in the, the 22nd chapter of Luke. Um, when um, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with the scripture. He's he's about to deny him. He doesn't know it yet, but he's about to deny him for Jesus comes to him um, and he says, "The devil has asked to sift you as we But then here's what Jesus says to Peter, and this this gets me fired up. Uh, here's what he says to Peter. He says, "But um, but it's okay." He says, "I've prayed to the Father for your faith." That you may not fail, hmm. um, and and that's who's praying for us. You know, over in John, um, he he prays. I think it was the seventeenth chapter of John. Um, Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying to the Father, um, and he's basically saying, um, you know, here's the ones you've given me. Um, Here they've been faithful. Here's what I've taught them, Uh, except for Judas. He calls out Judas the son of perdition, destruction. Um, And and he says um, says, protect them from the evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go to down um, in that same chapter, it's around the twentieth verse, and he says not only these, because he was he was in the context of his disciples, uh, but he said not only these, but also those who believe in me, because of their word, because of their faithfulness, and, and how um, and, and how they've advanced the kingdom. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, no, no matter what comes, no matter, you know, fortunately, um, the, the children of Israel, when something was going wrong, man, they'd go to Moses and say, Moses, we go to God on our behalf. Um, you know, you follow that on through, and all the way from Joshua, all the way to Solomon, King David. Um, and then you go where we are. And what an exciting thing to know that, that Jesus is praying to the Father on my behalf. Um, it might get hard and, and, and things are going to happen, and, and we, we do know we're in a falling away. We, we know what, what, uh, what sounds are happening around us. Um, but, but Jesus is praying not just for me, for you, for all those who believe. Jesus is praying to the Father for our strength and protection,
1: to fight the evil
0: one. That's good news. Awesome. That is. It's easy to forget that. Yeah. You know, not forget that it's true, but to forget to operate in it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Well, Brother Darrell, this has been awesome, and I very much appreciate your passion for the gospel, for the kingdom, for evangelism. And um, I just, I love the fact, God is raising up men that have a desire to uh, pattern their life, their family, their church after God's Word, not after today tradition mm-hmm. and uh, I'm thankful that I have a lot of those people in my life but I think that God is desiring in these last days that we get back to basics it was for
1: revival like for you revival
0: said, yeah that's,
1: that's right that's
0: so thank you so much for joining us um, we really enjoyed it yes. and uh, hopefully you. we can I know Elisa had a chance to come visit you and watch you preach and hopefully in the near future I can drop in and and uh, get to fellowship with you guys there yeah soon. you
1: know you know that something's Awesome is going on when young people are flocking to your church like they have been, and that is just yeah, they can tell when it's real, they Absolutely. can tell when it's just a program, and yeah. they, I mean, they know,
2: yeah, the word, of, the word of God is still, um, as powerful today. You know, we've got so many that's uh, they're trying to dress him up in a tie down a
1: yeah. <laughs> You're right, <laughs>
2: that's not who he is, the, the word is still enough. What he did. On that cross,
1: is still in the. Amen, yeah,
0: man. amen. Well, God bless you, brother, and we will talk to you soon.
2: Hey, guys, appreciate
0: what? It. anytime. Thank you. Thank God bless you. you. That was Pastor Daryl McCann from Laval Baptist. An awesome man of God.
1: Yes, it all just ties in together so well. You know, we're talking about wisdom and seeking. His wisdom and His ways and not the world's ways. And that goes hand in hand with the church, you know. And we don't have to dress Him up. We don't have to pray a certain prayer, close our eyes, and we can just get real with God. That's that's it.
0: Yeah, and even hearing a little kid's prayer helps me remember how to do that.
1: (laughs) And so the whole title of this was Wandering. Oh, yeah. and
0: <laughs> I've been so busy trying to, to get stuff to work around here.
1: Uh, it's wandering. Is it wandering with an O or is it wandering? I know. what you, <laughs> you see it, you that. can't say it right. Wandering. Wandering wa- wa. <laughs> with an A. You know, are we just wondering what God's doing or are we like the Israelites and going, we're just wandering around and around the desert for 40 years? Are we paying attention?
0: Yeah. Are we? Most people are wondering with an O, what is going on, what's happening. And the reason why people are wondering most of the time with an O is because they are wondering with an A aimlessly through life. But like I mentioned before, we spoke with Brother Daryl. The greatest sins of the church are, in my opinion, materialism and our biblical illiteracy. And I think that Mm -hmm. God is exposing both of those right. So, if you are wondering with an O what the heck is going on, uh, let your wonder.
1: Call and it's a school call, message. and they have an
0: announcement. <laughs> let your wondering with an O uh, not lead you to wonder aimlessly looking for answers in life like wandering through a desert bumping into things mm-hmm. let your your questions take you to the yes. word of God and read it for yourself and I remember when I was like oh there's 66 books and all these people that can quote all this stuff don't worry about that just start somewhere read it God speak to you, and he will grow your uh, biblical understanding and your relationship with him exponentially. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for answers, and don't act like you're not, (laughs) uh, now is the time. Most people are grounded. You're at home. Look at this as a gift. God has given you time. He's taken away our excuses. You can sit and read the Bible, and you can know what God has said, the creator of the universe. Don't rely on the preacher, on the pastor, (laughs) on Sunday school teacher to teach you. Uh, In the New Testament, it says, you have no need for any man to teach you but the Spirit of God. Yes, preachers and teachers are awesome, and they are icing on the cake, but it is no substitute for a one-on-one. uh, Bible learning and letting God speak to you, so the excuses are gone. God wants us to take our questions and our wondering to His word. If you don't, then your wondering with an A will continue, mm-hmm. both now and for eternity.
1: That's right.
0: Uh, so do not be a wanderer. You said Wa- wanderer wander. <laughs> we don't have to wonder. God has spoken. Yes. And he said all of these things would be, and they are, they are. And so believe him, believe him. Don't just believe in him. Believe him. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we have had a good time. Um, I apologize again for missing the very beginning of Pastor Darrell's introduction. And, and uh, as he took us into the back to, to answer my first question. But um, again, I told you to expect some technical difficulties, so
1: I didn't. I didn't notice. Yeah, I tried to, you know,
0: I didn't, I didn't want to like interrupt anything. He was going, you know what I mean. So, but yes, we very much awesome. appreciate him, and um, I'm gonna see if I can close this out here. <laughs> and uh, I'm just
1: gonna keep smiling in case. Yeah, just he keep smiling.
0: That. All right, God bless you I will see you guys you. next time. All right, here we go. We're gonna have about 10-15 right. seconds of music here. You look good you well thank you i asked her to wear the little headband thing here because i just <laughs> well i love that's it. one reason i wore it we'll see you guys next time